So when you're targeting, I am of the opinion that you need to be more specific. And sometimes having a big target is not as good as having a more specific niche type target. So I think that's one of the things that a lot of people do. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. Today's guest is Chip Dizard of Chip Dizard Weddings. Chip is a wedding photographer and videographer based out of Baltimore, Maryland, and he provides photo and video services to creative businesses in addition to offering mentoring and consulting. And one of the things that Chip consults on is Facebook advertising. And that's what we're chatting about in today's episode. So we chat specifically about the mistakes he sees people make, the different aspects of running Facebook ads, and some tips for getting the most out of the ads that you run. Be sure to check out the show notes at davianchrista.com for the resources we mentioned during the episode. And today there are a lot of them. And I'd like to hear from you about what kind of content you'd like to see on the Brands That Book podcast as we move forward. I'd also like to know what episodes you've enjoyed so far and why. To leave your feedback, head on over to the Davy and Krista Facebook page and send us a message. Now, on to the episode. All right, sweet. Hey, well, Chip, welcome to the Brands That Book Show. I'm so glad to have you on. Chip and I, we just met at Show It United, and I will say that uh, Chip gave me a five-minute fuel so on the main stage, and Krista, it's one of the ones that she she remembered. You know, like when we talked about United afterwards, she's like, "That was that was really good. It was jam-packed, uh, full of really actionable things that you could do, you know, on your website to get people to convert. Super interesting stuff." But today, Chip's joining us. We're going to be talking about Facebook ads for wedding pros, service-based businesses. But welcome to the show, Chip. Hey, thank you for having me, and I'm glad that we met at uh, United. Had a great time at that conference, and yeah, five minutes of a little hair. But I got through it. <laughs> yeah, but and not only did you get through it, you were one of the few that was actually five minutes, right? I know, I know. I, I planned it, I practiced it, and I, I try I try to stay in time. I'm a former teacher, but I'll tell you about that later. So I knew when the bell rings, we have to end no matter what. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as a former teacher, I appreciate and respect that. But Chip, before Facebook ads, and you know, we're going to hear a little bit about that right now. What's your background? It sounds like you have some teaching experience. How'd that lead into wedding photography and Facebook ads? Yeah, so I was teaching, and um, I'm from Baltimore. Baltimore, you're a Marylander as well. Yeah, that's so. Right. You're right. <laughs> so Baltimore City Public Schools uh, for six years, and I was teaching photography and videography uh, at a high school level. And then I've always at the at the church. People asked me when I worked at the church part time. The church asked me to do weddings, and I said, Ah, no. This is back in 2010. I want to say I did a friend's wedding. I said I'll do it. You know, did some photos. And it was just very basic. And I said, you know, years later, I was still doing it part time. And I said, well, other people asked me to do it. Other people from church asked me to do it. I said, you know, maybe I should get some real training, trying to learn what I'm doing and actually see what's going on. And then it just kind of evolved and evolved and evolved to get more business. Like anything else, when you're first starting a business, David, it's about just referrals, right? So you're trying to get more referrals, more referrals. And then I said, you know what, in 2015, I think I can do this full time. I was teaching and I was starting to travel a little bit more. I was starting to speak a little bit more and going places. And even though I had the numbers off, 
it was hard for me to get back and leave on a Friday, flying somewhere or going somewhere and coming right back on Monday. And as you know, as a teacher, you can't really take days off. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, you don't you, get you, vacation you days. You don't get vacation yeah. days. No. And there's only so many days you can have also before people start looking at you crazy and the subs and then your principal. So I said I had to make a decision and I just decided in August of 2015, even though I love my school, I love my kids. I taught high school and a really good job. I said, you know what? I'm going to follow my passion and really start to do this wedding. And subsequently, that's how I got into Facebook ads because I needed consistent business. So I said, yeah. How do I get consistent business other than the referrals? I used up all the church referrals. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to get new business. Yeah, that's awesome. And we, so I started as a, a teacher myself, taught high school English and economics, coached, really did enjoy my time as a, as a teacher and a coach. But when I joined Krista full time at the time, we, she was running our, the photography business. My first year, I decided I wanted to try to teach and do that with her kind of full time. Everything you're saying is, is speaking to what I was, you know, kind of suffering throughout the time, which is, you know, working Monday through Friday, then basically working the weekend to do uh, photography and not having any time off. You know, I did say teachers get no, uh, no vacation days. I guess they do get the summer, but you don't get, you know, especially Krista, she had the flexibility to travel in the winter if she wanted to, or in the spring or in the fall, you know, and if it's the school year, you're really relegated to the days the students have off if you want to do any sort of traveling. So that was, that was tough. And so eventually after a year of doing that, I was like, no, I got to commit to one or the other. And I decided to go full time with Krista, which, you know, really, really glad that I did, but I'm excited to dig in here with you about the power of Facebook advertising. Facebook advertising is something that we, we do for our own business, something that we do for our clients. I, I think that people get all sorts of stuck though, when it comes to, to Facebook advertising. And I think a lot of people think that, you know, paid advertising isn't really worth it. So can you can you speak to what some of the benefits are of advertising on Facebook? Yeah, I, I just think for me and for anybody, especially I'm talking about service based businesses, mm-hmm. not really that we sell products because we think of advertisers. Well, I have to sell, you know, a, a product, some type of, you know, ebook or something like that. But I think for service based businesses, it gets us out in the marketplace. And as we know, with Instagram and Facebook, the algorithms, if you have a business page because you can only advertise on your business, really, you will not get any reach. I mean, it's just that simple. Years ago, as you know, we used to be able to to get reached from our business pages without mm-hmm. paying a dime. But that changed as soon as uh, things ha- started happening and, and, and more people came on board. And I think one of the big benefits is to reach people that you normally would not reach. There are some people that I would never reach unless I put an ad up, unless they saw me, unless I had an impression on them. Like I said before, when I was doing this, part-time prior to 2015 or 2014, I realized, I said, I need to pay for ads. I didn't want to pay for advertising, (laughs) but it was one of those things that if I make a decision to leave my job and all my referrals are pretty much in one area and I saw my business and I had a business coach at the time and I said, saw my, all my referrals in one area of the state and in one jurisdiction, I said, you know what? I need to expand. I need to go to Atlanta. I need to go to New York. I've done weddings in California. I did, did destination weddings. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think it was really for the demographics for me and for anybody who wants to expand it. Even if you want to get out of your jurisdiction, get out of your local city. People need to know where you are mm-hmm. and know that you can travel and know your work. 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think that's a really interesting point that you bring up because, you know, word of mouth referrals are great and uh, and serving the people that you know in your local market. And for you, it, was a, it sounded like it was a lot of referrals from church. When Krista and I got into, a, when we started our photography business, we were at the age where all of our friends and their friends were getting married, right? But we're not at that age anymore. Mm-hmm. Most of our friends are already married. They're in the age of, you know, having kids and, and things like that. And I just think that, you know, so those word of mouth referrals were great, especially for that season of life. And I'm not saying that they dried up necessarily or anything like that, but we couldn't necessarily rely on, you know, friends of friends anymore, or even, you know, friends of those old clients because they had moved past maybe that season of life where, you know, one is typically getting married. So just even having some other presence, whether it's through paid advertising, whether it's through search engine optimization or something like that can be so important and give you some relief. So you're not constantly hustling for that word of mouth referral. Yeah. And that's so important because I think that Word of mouth is great. It's really good. But I think at the end of the day, if we can always cultivate and have, uh, it's like my presentation at United, I equate it to a funnel. So yep. anybody knows about sales processes and you know about funnels. I used to be in sales too before I got into teaching. So I know that outside sales, my boss used to say, well, where is the prospect in the funnel? But as photographers, we don't really think about that kind of <laughs> stuff. We think about the creative, the pretty. If I ask most photographers where are the prospects, where are your prospects in your funnel, top of the funnel, middle, bottom, they they wouldn't even know what that is. Yeah. So I think that we need to really, that's the thing, we have to change our mindset as marketers. Yes, we are photographers always, but then in this competitive market, we have to be marketers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Could you real quick walk us through the funnel and then can we dive into a little bit on where people end up getting stuck with Facebook ads and start moving, uh, start moving through that? Yeah, yeah. So my funnel is really an awareness funnel, and I'm going to send this to you in your show notes. Awesome. So you can have my uh, my PDF handout that I talk about. The, the top of the funnel I have, Davey, as the awareness stage. So I know about Davey and Krista. I know about uh, what you all have done, you know, and, and this is actually what even happened when I, I, I bought your Black Friday product, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? So I'm telling you uh, what, what can happen. I know about it. I got the email. I received it. So I know that there was a, a sale going on during Black Friday. So I could... Then the second part of the funnel is a consideration part. So I consider it. I say, you know what? I do need this. I have a show up website. I need a landing page. Let me consider it. Let me see what it does. I need a, I just launched a show up site. And then the last thing is converted. So I converted. Once I knew, I saw the template. I knew I could work and show it. And I converted. And then there's the monetization, retention, and love. And that's when the bottom of the funnel where it's easier to create clients that already are clients to get repeat business than to get new business. We Mm. know the cost of getting new business and cold traffic is very expensive, as you know that, right? So we want warm leads on people that know, like, and trust us. So it's really awareness, consideration, conversion, and then the monetization, the retention, and then the love. And that's really, when I look at that funnel and how I position the ads, I always want to know where people are. And of course, we'll talk about just cold traffic and and warm traffic and other stuff like that a little bit later. But I want to make sure that people know, you should know where people are in your in your sales funnel. Yeah, so many, so many good tips there, especially around the acquiring new customers versus repeat customers generally costs less right to get a repeat customer than it does to acquire uh, an old customer. Why things like if you're a photographer or something that I always tell people is, man, if I if I could go back in time, restart my photography business from the beginning, I would offer more things like prints and albums and stuff like yes. that, that, that just 
you know, it, it continues to optimize like that customer's value, right? Mm-hmm. But we have so much to dive into as far as uh, Facebook ads go. So real quick, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people make when it comes to Facebook advertising? Wow, a few of them. One is that everybody I talk to, I consult with, Davey, is always targeting. They do not know what to target. They put so many things in the detail interests. So there's a, a box that when you target, you'll put, you know, you'll put like 15 things and you don't really know what works and what doesn't work. So when you're targeting, I am of the opinion that you need to be more specific. And sometimes having a big target is not as good as having a more specific niche type target. So I think that's one of the things that a lot of people will do. A second thing they do is they don't clearly communicate really the who, what, when, where, and why. The, the, you know, you are English teacher, so you know, the and the, and the how. So what you're doing, who you are, what you do. We know you're a photographer, but is there a special, what are you doing? And then why? And we just really need to communicate that because we take pretty pictures. We take great videos, but then we just expect those to sell. Sometimes you have to have some text and some call to actions that really get people to buy. And I think that's what it is. And sometimes it's not really about buying. It's about more of awareness. As you know, it takes a lot of touch points for a customer to become a customer. Yeah. Just like I told you with the funnel, some photographers just think they run one ad for $15 and they should get 10 sales. <laughs> <laughs> that just doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. It doesn't work. So I think we have to manage expectations and think, like I said, like a marketer, write clearly, target strategically. And when I say target, I'm talking about, well, I'm a high, I'm looking for high school. So I, I was talking to a young lady a photographer the other day and she's in the Atlanta area and she wanted to, to do more senior sessions. So we're targeting specific high schools in that area. The parents of people in that area who are interested in not photography, but just in family stuff. So mm-hmm. we're just targeting those. And she actually put a list of the top high schools in the area and started getting some leads. So it's up to us to convert the leads. Sure. You know, so that's why I really I really believe those those few things. And, and there's a lot more. But I think the targeting and then the clarity on the message are one of the, the big things. I, yeah. And I would love to impact the, the, some of the targeting stuff with you real quick, because I, I, I like what you, you said about that photographer. She's down in Atlanta. She's she's trying to do more senior sessions, right? And so you you specifically you didn't target people who are interested in photography, right? I mean, like even you know because people they're they're interested in having in in like cherishing those memories. That doesn't necessarily make them interested in you know photography as a a skill or a craft, right? So I thought that was interesting nuance for people. But then you also talked about how it was up to them to convert that lead, you know, like, so through that, I'm assuming that, you know, you, you collected their email, you know, through those, through those Facebook ads. And then it was really up to that, that photographer to nurture them, you know, cause like you said, it doesn't, it's not like you see one ad and then drop hundreds of dollars right away on an expensive photography package. No, you don't. And I think that's so important that I think that we're in a society, unfortunately, right now, where we're in a microwave society. So I get that. <laughs> we want everything quickly. We, but this is this is a marathon, not a sprint. I think we have to learn that this is an oven. We have to bake it and we have to make sure that we nurture these people because, you know, unless you're offering like an unbelievable deal with Black Friday or something like everybody else was offering during Black Friday, you can get those quick sales, you know, and those no brainer. And especially if it's under a certain price point, people will just 
you know, little buy. But when we're talking about thousands of dollars, we're talking about a senior session where it could cost whatever, six hundred, eight hundred dollars or whatever. And then we're talking about prints and upsells. Yeah. So we're we're talking about, you know, wedding packages in the thousands, four, five, six, seven thousand dollars. People are not gonna buy those off of one ad. Yeah. They're just not. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe they do for you, but not for me. No, no, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe that happens occasionally somewhere, but that would definitely be an outlier, I think. More than often, uh, one of the I think one of the most powerful things about Facebook ads, right, is that if someone comes to your site, when they leave, if they give, haven't given you your email address at that point, you know, you really don't have a great way to follow up. And so people get busy and they forget about you. But, you know, I don't want to dive too much into this if you're you're probably planning on, on talking about this. But the Facebook pixel, you know, just yes. a, a simple line of code. Uh, I mean, it's a couple of lines, but some code that you can install on your site so that when people come to your website, you know, they're pixeled and then you can serve ads to those people so that you're getting in front of them again. Yeah. And that's so important. And I know the Facebook pixel, a lot of photographers and you can put it in your show it site. You can put it in your WordPress site, your Squarespace site, your Wix site, all these <laughs> sites. Right. I'm just going on and on and on. It's so easy to do. Uh, you can just Google the instructions pretty much and figure out how to do it. They show you. And I think that's important because we need to retarget. And when I teach this, I tell people, I say, hey, you ever go on B&H and then you see the same thing you looked on B&H in your newsfeed or you see it in somewhere else on another site? You know, they have this thing called the audience network where you'll be on a site like a news station. You'll see an ad. You say, wait a second, I just searched for that on Amazon. <laughs> that's what the P Facebook pixel is what he's talking about doing. And I think that's a powerful thing. And I think that that's called retargeting. So people don't know what that is, Davey. And, you know, it's retargeting. So when we're when we're searching for something and when we're looking for something, but we don't make a decision. I can always see your ads and come back. And I say, man, I always see Davey and Krista. I always see them. So therefore, if I, that's another impression, therefore I may make that, that sale. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So for people who are willing to, to be patient, all right, like you said, we live in a microwave culture, right? Where people kind of want, they want to spend $15 and make a thousand, right? But that's not necessarily how things are going to go down. So people who are, are willing to take the time to dig into Facebook ads a little bit, have some patience, be willing to see big picture. Because like you said, if you're selling a product that's a thousand or a service that's a thousands of dollars, like a wedding collection on Facebook, like, would you be willing to spend a hundred dollars, $200, $500 on a, on a $3,500? dollar service probably right but people start seeing that number climb and they think oh no i haven't converted somebody yet and then they shut it down so for people who are willing to you have some patience there what tips do you see or what tips do you have for people to get the most out of facebook ads where i guess where should they even start yeah, I really am looking at now. I love what Facebook doing is with slideshows. I think that we have, if you're doing the first of all, targeting first. Of course, we're looking at target, what's your market? And then I'm looking at your creative copy and I'm looking at your creativeness because we need to do stuff that stops people from scrolling. So what Facebook advertising really is, and Instagram as well, is not to say one and the same, is that it's really you're not looking for wedding collections a lot of times, but they know that you are engaged, right? Mm -hmm. So, cause we can target people who are newly engaged. So it needs to be something that stops the scroll. I, I call it a, a scroll stopper. If you're on your phone, a swipe, swipe stopper. So it needs to be an engaging image. Slideshows work real well because it may get your attention or a video even works better. 
too. And you also, I always look at what other people are running. Mm -hmm. I see what people like Creative Live are running. I see what other brand photographers run from time to time. I save those to my collections and I look at it and I see what's important to them. And I see if I can target, not really target like them, but really craft my ads like that. When you're getting started with targeting, what are some of the exercises that you have people go through or that you go through yourself to make sure you have your targeting zeroed in? Yeah. So one of the things I tell everybody is to know where your market is. So you need to know your ideal bride. So we call her avatar. You've heard of this before in marketing, of course. So your customer avatar, where does she or he like to shop? Uh, you know, do they go to Saks Fifth Avenue? Do they go to Nordstrom's? Do they go to Neiman Marcus or do they go to Target? Do they like Elton John? Do they like wh whoever? I, I don't know. Just whoever they like. So if I know that a particular, a lot of my brides like um, a particular brand, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. So I know a lot of brides like these shoes called Bagley Mishkas. Okay. I just know those shoes because I see them all the time. Right. Yeah. So then I may I look at people who like that Badly Miska page and target people who like that and who are newly engaged. I see what where my brides are or where your ideal client hangs out, your avatar. And then you have to build your advertising campaign targeting around that. Of course, your local area, you need to know if you're going to be in the Atlanta area or in the DC area or Detroit or wherever you are, you want to make sure that you look that area but because also, you can you can target a local area in facebook you can so is you that can. what and zip, code. and zip codes and areas i really like targeting local areas and and cities way more than states and way more than you know i just really think that cities are where where it's at and especially outskirts of cities so if you're in atlanta like there's a good uh, there's a good influx of people that may have need for your services in Alpharetta, Georgia. Or if you're in Detroit, I'm talking to somebody in Detroit now, they are somebody in Auburn Hills. You know, something of suburbs like Baltimore, Annapolis, you know what I mean? Or Columbia, where I, where I am. So it's not just really in the city, but you can move the radius out 25 miles. You know that little slider on the ad? You can move that radius out to 25, 30 miles. And you never know. It, sometimes it may overlap. But and then also you can another pro tip I, I also say so let's say if you're in the area and you can target people who are traveling to that area let's say during the holidays and they check in somewhere in that area you know let's say they're checking into you know a Chicago area and they're in that area and you can target people that that don't live there but just are traveling in the area if you're doing like a pop up you know there's a lot of photographers do these pop up kind of photo sessions and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And you can target people in that in the area that they're traveling to. There, there's so many options. It's almost scary how many options there are. And I think that's where we get with Facebook because it's like analysis by paralysis, right? It's paralysis by analysis. I'm sorry. Yeah. So because there's so many options. And, and when you have so many options, you put them all on the table and then you don't know what works. So my thing is to start small and don't be scared to micro-target. I mean, I've had some of my best success with ads that reach under 1,200 people. Yeah, but they've been very targeted, and then I've had bad success where it has four hundred thousand people. Sure, I, I, I mean I haven't had any success. So I think that when we see that little red thing go down, or we go in the middle, we like, oh, we got it. But it's really about being very strategic, and and we didn't even talk about this because we go on and on about what type of ad you want. So do you want to do traffic, which I think that is really good, like 
bringing people to your site? Do you want a lead generation? And what, one of my favorite ones too is video views. Sure. I think that video views, like I said, video is awesome. So I think if we could do slideshows and we could do videos, I even, you could even retarget and repost your, a, a Facebook live that you've done and put, make that an ad, you know? So we're not talking about professionally made videos. We're talking about with a cell phone. If you're giving some great tips, say if you're giving like five, 10 tips that you should do for your makeup for your wedding day. And you just make that as a Facebook ad, Facebook live and you, you boost that or you make it as an ad. You just never know what can happen because you're seen as an expert. So I just want people to get a mindset that you can do a lot more than just, you know, a traditional ad where I have to have one photo. I want you, I want people to get out of the mindset. Think like carousel, think slideshow, think video. Like you said, I mean, they're not, they're not difficult to set up, you know, as far as like a, a video sounds like it's difficult to set up, but some of the best performing video ads are just, it's a person with their, with their cell phone. It's not like a person hiring a videography team. And I want to talk about video views here. Just a couple of takeaways from what you were saying with targeting, which I thought were interesting, where one, you had more success with the more targeted you got, especially when it came to local ads, targeting uh, cities instead of states. And for Maryland, you know, maybe you have some success with like a state like Maryland because it's not huge, right? We can get we can get to the other end of it relatively quickly. But, you know, if you're in Texas, I think it's going yes. to be even more important to target, you know, local markets and not just target the entire state. Entire state, yeah. Yeah, of Texas. You can't because you couldn't get in a driving, you can be in, you know, in Houston and then go to Dallas, that's three, four hours, but then you can go all the way on the West Texas and, you know, it'd just be a nightmare trying to get <laughs> driving over there. But yeah, I think local, hyper local, super local is always the best. And I really, really like neighborhood targeting. And if you know the demographics of the neighborhood, like there's a, there's an area in Maryland that where I know a lot of my clients come from and I know that I can target that area. You know what I mean? If you just know a suburb, a subdivision, or you know, like what I said, Atlanta, there's Alpharetta, there's there's Mableton, there's there's different places that that you can super target and and put things right in that area, and people in that area will get it and and really respond to your ad. Yeah. So you know, and you were right. You brought me back to really the very beginning. So targeting is really really step two. Step one would be choosing what kind of ad that you want to run. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, video views and what you do with video views because I do think that people are finding success running video ads to cold traffic, then retargeting people who have viewed those videos for a specific amount of time. So all that means is I'm running a video ad to people who are unaware of me, who have maybe have not heard of me, but anybody who interacts or views that video, I can then run another ad to that maybe is more specific to the type of service or to my business uh, and maybe asking them for an email or something like that. So what kind of success have you had with video view ads? So what I really like about video view ads is what I, what I said prior. I think that if you want to be an expert in your field, I think that that selling is kind of people don't want to be sold these days, mm-hmm. especially if you're giving a huge thousands of dollar product. They want to they want to know, like and trust you. They want just information. So, for instance, I would tell you I had I had a PDF a couple of years ago and then I made it into a video, a live video. What I said, 10 10 questions. I'm big on numbers, if you know me. Big on numbers. This is a teacher at me. But 10 questions you should ask every wedding vendor, including me. And then I went through those 10 questions on a video. And then I, and then I said, hey, you want more information about what I do? You know, hey, view my site. 
chipdesartweddings.com slash whatever, my URL that I have there, that landing page. So I think you can use that. And it was not a professionally made video, even though I could do it. It was just like me on my cell phone, having it there, and then just repurposing it. Because if I have that as a title, people may be interested, especially if you're in the market to hire a bride and groom, you want to know what questions to ask. Because I'm, you know, most people want their first marriage and they say they don't know what to ask. So I'm just, you need to come across as an expert. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we want to come across as, well, I got to sell, sell, sell. So it's a whole kind of thing that, that we do that internet marketers do all the time. They call these things lead magnets. David, you know about this mm -hmm. all the time. Lead magnets. So I'm thinking that if you can give something away for free, high quality, High touch. It doesn't cost you a lot. Okay. Doesn't cost you a lot to do a video. Doesn't cost you a lot to do a PDF, a guide. Then when you put them in your funnel, like we talked about before with a video, you can send them another video maybe and then send them one more. I have a series of emails that go through that once people come in my, my funnel, that by the time that they finish it, they're like, wow, Chip, over – two and a half week period they're like they're ready to sign up now all of them of course they're not but i get them from the video first then they get in my funnel get the email address and then i put them in my mailchimp and it sends them a sequence of emails yeah and that's great and and again i think it goes back to that whole point where you know once you get that lead from facebook it's your job to then nurture that yes. lead and convert them there was another great podcast episode with nate from sticky email so if you go back to that episode he talks all about email marketing he, he dive we dive into sequences and uh just different ways to nurture prospective clients. So with these uh, video views, so the video that you set up, for instance, that you had a lot of success with just recorded on your cell phone. What I love about what you did was that you repurposed old content. So I'm sure it didn't, you didn't have to create something from scratch, new, anything like that. You just went- And it's the, evergreen. It's evergreen too. Yeah. And those are questions that are going to be uh, just as relevant today as they were back when you uh, recorded that video. But you know, you talked about carousels and slideshows and things like that. One of the, the ways that Facebook makes it easy, right, is that you can create a video out of a series of images just by uploading those images to Facebook and then it plays it as a video, even though they're, they're static images, which is nice uh, and just makes this a little bit easier to do. So what else have you been seeing on the Facebook front? So I guess we've talked about choosing a type of ad. We talked a little bit about targeting. Uh, maybe we should talk about creative and and copy. So what are some tips that you have for people in creating, you know, as you called them earlier, those swipe stoppers in terms of uh, creating images or video and copy that gets people to stop? I really want people to think about combining your copy with complimentary visuals. So I'm working with a, uh, a florist and she's at the mercy of the photographer that gives her uh, visuals. So she gave me like 10 photos. I said, okay, these are photos that work well because I think if I just show pictures of bouquets, that's not gonna stop anyone. I need to see a human being with a bouquet and a smiling face, something that is very swipe stopping. So we're combining, combining our complimentary copy with the video. So instead of, hey, I want you to book like you said, just a floral, just find more information about it. I think those headlines are really important. And the description, the headline, the URL work, work together to deliver the story. You know what I mean? And they just don't want, we don't want users just like the ad. We want them to take an action because it's easy for people to just hit the like button. We want them to hit learn more. And then another thing I want people to learn is that I want them to know where they are. We talked about funnels before, but where they are in the top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. And the different ads for different types of 
of placements in the sales funnel. A warm audience would need to get to know you as well as a cold audience. And of course, cold traffic is going to cost a little bit more. When I talk about cold traffic, just for people who don't know, it's people who do not know you at all. Yeah. It's people that have not been exposed to your brand at all. They just know they're looking for a wedding photographer. They may have heard of you. They may have done some stuff, done their research. Okay. Okay. And then the last thing I want to talk about is people need to extend their brand voice to their copy and to their ads. And I think that you have to be authentically you. And I think that, that that's where I've had success with ads. What I am on live, what I am on stage is how I am in person. So when you meet me, it's no different differentiation. And I think that you need to be uniquely you, whatever that is. I was talking to somebody at show at United Conference in Arizona, talked to a photographer, and she has a thing where she does the wobble dance with everybody. She films it. And I said, hey, why don't you just make that into an ad? Like a little ad, like every, you know, hire me and I'll be, she's a photographer. And just for like 15 seconds, not even a professional video day, just a cell phone. And she has like four videos with her doing a wobble with wobble dance with like four different <laughs> brides and grooms. And she said, you know what, Chip? I never thought about doing something like that. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, that's, that's authentically you. That's your voice. Own that, and people will hire you because she's not only a good photographer, but she likes to party and have fun with us. So you understand what I'm saying, Dave? Yeah. I want people to, to to own their voice and own their brand. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really like that. I also really like you know how you've come back to understanding where people are in the funnel. For somebody who's never heard of you, if you just try to sell them right off the bat, they're likely not to con, uh, going to convert. You know, people don't like being uh, being sold to. But if you give them something free, you know, this lead magnet you were talking about, give them high you know quality content for free and and lead them down the funnel. And then when they know you, putting putting a sale uh, in front of them. So I like how you keep coming back uh, to that as well. So one of, one of the other, uh, kind of the last piece of the puzzle that I wanna talk about a little bit is some of the other things that need to be set up in order for your ad to be successful. Because it really is just one piece of the puzzle. We talked, you had mentioned a couple of these things such as an email sequence. But I'm even talking about things like a landing page. Like what are some of the other things that we need to make sure are put together well in order for an ad to be successful? Yeah, I really think not only that, the landing page, we talked about the copy, uh, we talked about the targeting, but where do people go? Like I said, where are you sending your people? And one of the mistakes a lot of photographers make, we send them to our homepage. That <laughs> is a terrible mistake. I said, never send people to your home base because it's like I'm walking into your house and I have dinner, but you don't tell me where to go. Well, I know <laughs> I need to go to the dining room, but where's Thanksgiving dinner? It could be in the in the formal dining room, have a formal dining room. It could be in the kitchen where the table is, but you have to tell people, you know, when you invite them to your house and your house is our website, where exactly to go and what exactly to do. So I think that we have freedom like and that's our teaching background, right? We call it rubrics, right? And we know the steps. So we have to say, okay, step one, I need you to fill out the form. Step two, I need you to like me on Instagram or whatever. Step three, I need you to download the PDF. You know, we see that all the time, but I think sometimes as photographers, we think that we don't need to give people step-by-step -step instructions. But there's one funny thing I've learned about advertising. It seems like as soon as people open Facebook or any social media, their IQ goes down immensely. <laughs> so <laughs> as soon as they click on something, we have to say the, the number of the people get. So we have to make sure that we tell them what to do. If yeah. it's a contest, if it's whatever, but we need to make sure that we tell people what to do and, and explicitly 
in our advertising. I talked about this in my five minute fuel is that with my thank you page is that I tell people what to do when they get a thank you page, when they get an email from us, make sure we lead them down the path and we just don't leave them, Mm -hmm. you know? Can you give us an example of what you do in that video? Uh, because I got to see it. Well, I guess I didn't see the entire video, but I got to see kind of an example of it as you spoke on stage. So when people land on the thank you page, you know, so they land on the landing page, which is what we're talking about. And one of the big mistakes I see with landing pages is that it doesn't look, it doesn't look or sound or feel like what the ad was, right? So there should be some cohesiveness between going from an ad and then landing on a page that looks, sounds, feels similar. But then beyond that, when if somebody actually puts in their email address because they want to hear more from you, you deliver them with a uh, thank you page that has a video on it. So why do you why do you do that? Well, I just wanted to be different, and and I just wanted to separate myself because I think that whenever you submit something, you know, it's like you don't know if people get it. It's a weird thing. It's yeah. like go into the abyss. You get the thank you page, but it's like, okay, I'm going to hit this thank you page and hit this submit button. What's going to happen? And of course, you always used to get a confirmation email or something like that, but we want to surprise and delight people. So whatever it can be, we want to surprise. So it's just, I'm telling people, thank you for submitting the form. I did get the form and I can send you the link to the video on the thank you page with no problem problem and for your show notes. But it's just thanking them, saying that I received the form and I'll be back to you in 24 to 48 hours unless it's a weekend. And, yeah. you know, and that's all. People just want to be assured that you that you're listening to them, that you, you know, we know you're busy, but you're important to us, even though it's just a generic one. And I think that's what we need to do. Just surprise and delight. And I think the more that we surprise and delight our clients, the happier clients that we'll get. Yeah. And then, and hopefully more referrals out of that for sure. Uh, and I bet as well that just by you showing up on video and people actually being able to see your face and hear your voice, that that takes, uh, you know, tr- trust up a level as well. It does. It does. And people planners have said, wow, I would just submit all my stuff if I just see this and da, 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 da. You know, I haven't taken it to a new level where if you do an inquiry, you have video for this, a video for that. I haven't done all that stuff yet. But it's just you can you can have just very basic. It's short, mm-hmm. just doing things. It can even be a picture to say thank you. Yeah. It, or it can be a, you know, automated email or, or whatever it is. There's so many technology, so many technology out here available to us. I just think that we have to separate ourselves to make sure that we stand out. It's a competitive field. The new photographers come in here every day, every year. Someone's picking up a camera. What are you going to do to stand out? And I think it's not going to be always just that you take better pictures. It's going to be people who trust you. Like I said, we always know that no like and trust. They trust Chip. They trust Davey. They trust Krista to do a good job. Not only because they, we know they do a good job. I trust you with the biggest day of my life mm-hmm. or with my kids or with my family or whatever because you're preserving those memories. I think that if we go from that, I think those, and it's, it's, I know we're talking about advertising, but I, I'm really passionate about moving people and trust and letting them know that we are experts in our field instead of just service providers that can just do a one-off service. And that's how you have customers for life. Yeah, yeah. And I think if you do a good job of, of that, then you move people out of this mindset for shopping for pr- things like price. 
You know, like yeah. once people realize that you're about those things that you just mentioned, then all of a sudden price isn't, you know, a thing anymore. They're not thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, they're not trying to compare photographers based on price because they know that you deliver this experience that's that's so much larger than just pictures being taken. Yeah. So yeah. one other thing that I want to, uh, I want to just ask you about before you get off here is that you said you used MailChimp or you use MailChimp for nurturing people. What do you like about MailChimp? You know, for I think it's a great thing for people to use, especially when they're getting started, because it's a it's free, right, up to a certain amount of free. subscribers. Yeah. So I was using MailChimp. Right now, I'm using um, I'm using a, a service called well, MailChimp is the free service I use. I used another service called uh, Active Campaign. You know, okay. Active Campaign yeah. before. It's more a little bit more advanced. It's like a, a, a I call it a baby Infusionsoft kind of situation. <laughs> if, if people may not know what Infusionsoft is, but it's a more of a CRM, yeah. customer relation management tool. So, but MailChimp is just a good starter because it's free and it's a low barrier to entry and it's easy and you can make uh, follow-up emails. So mm-hmm. you can do sequences in MailChimp. And that's yeah. why I, I like using it. And instead of, especially if you don't want to pay for another paid service, it's just good to start. I just think that a lot of people just have a MailChimp account. They've been good and that's their barrier to entry. When they advertise, it's free. People get on there and then you can do what you do. And then if you like it more, you can upgrade. If not, you go to another service. So I think that that's why I like it because it's a low barrier entry and it's easy, very user-friendly to use. When you scale, I'm not too sure about it. I, I haven't used it to scale with thousands and thousands of emails. I sure. use it just for introductory stuff I'm testing. And then I move them to my paid service. You know, once I do that, I don't know about how you use MailChimp as well. Or no. So use- we, we use uh, ConvertKit, which, you know, similar to uh, Active Campaign, it's just a more robust service than something like you would find with MailChimp. And it's also paid. So I think to get started with ConvertKit, you're probably looking at like $29, $30 a month if you're just getting started with ConvertKit, but there's no free option there. Another good one though, uh, and I actually, I haven't used this before, but for somebody looking to make easy email sequences, and if you're a photographer, especially this was made for photographers. So if you're not a photographer, this probably isn't the best fit. But again, we had Nate from sticky email on a couple episodes, episodes ago, and they basically built this MailChimp, but for photographers, right? Really easy to create uh, follow-up sequences. And I just think that's so important. How you follow up with people after you get their information is just so important. I think some of the tips that uh, Chip gave you from starting with video, I really like because it's so easy to connect with people over video. And sometimes, you know, people just don't read text on a screen. You know, like if I see a thank you page, I read thank you and then I click off, you know, so if there's oftentimes if there's other important information there, you know, people just never see it. They never see it. And I think that that, like I said, we love advertising, but we know that it's up to us to convert. So another thing that I also tell people to do, especially that have newer products, I was talking to someone who's doing like some type of new wedding kind of elopement service. She's a wedding planner. And I told her, I said, you know what? Instead of trying to get the couples to buy the elopement service that they don't really <coughs> understand, what about doing a, a advertisement and then leading them to a webinar. What happened? I mean, people I know are tired of webinars, uh, going on webinar, on-demand webinar. I think that's another thing that, or some type of webinar, some type of thing, because I think if you don't know what the product is a lot or the service, if you're curious about it, you need to hear about it live and then make a decision. And I think getting webinars still work. Uh, free webinars get people on and they still convert. I don't know about you, but I know that, that people are, are still doing them. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think webinars are still converting. I think uh, too, as the uh, market gets a little bit more sophisticated, people understand that when you get on a webinar, generally you're going to be sold to yeah. afterwards. Exactly. But having some, I mean, I think video, video trainings, whether you call them webinars, or you call them video trainings or video explanations of these new services are still really effective. Like you said, for educating people around your services, what makes you different, the experience that you offer and so on. So Chip, I'm uh, I'm so glad that I got an opportunity to sit down and, and uh, chat with you today about this. We didn't get a a, a ton of opportunity at United, uh, in part because we were both teaching while we were there. But it was fun to interview a fellow Marylander and catch up a little bit about Facebook ads. And I hope that for those listening, that you realize I think maybe the most important thing, or one of the most important things that Chip said was because there's so many options, we tend to get ourselves stuck, right? But you can make things simple. And I think taking Chip's advice of, you know, starting, I think there's reason just for the ads. Like you want to know what in your targeting, for instance, is working, right? So take it simple. Just get up something up and running that's better than that's better than nothing. And then test, test, test from there and be patient with it. So where can people find out more uh, about you, Chip? Where can people follow along? So you can find out more about me and what I'm doing and what I'm offering, especially for the listeners of this podcast. It's chiptazarweddings.com slash BTB show. So again, chiptazarweddings.com slash BTB show. Yeah, and uh, that's awesome. So if you're interested in following uh, Chip along, uh, head on over to his website. Check out that URL in particular, because as he, you know, as he mentioned, and you, you got to hear a little bit about during the show, he helps people with Facebook ads, specifically wedding pros, service-based businesses. So if you have a question, uh, if you're at the point where you know what, like I don't, yeah, I can't do this alone. Make sure that you reach out to Chip because uh, he can help you get started and dial in those ads. Thanks again, Chip, for uh, joining me on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. And I love talking about getting more business and using paid advertising and traffic to get more leads. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to deviancrista.com.